And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. Welcome back to another episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Of course, I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. Here we are, episode number 98. We're continuing a series that we've entitled Practical and Productive Finances. Of course, we've already recorded part one. We're going to be doing part two today, and I'm excited to record the second part of this episode, this little mini-series we're doing on finances. But before we get into that today, I have something exciting that I'm wanting to announce today in regards to the 100th episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Yes, we are almost there. Of course, today being episode number 98. So we've just got one, two more episodes. We'll be at episode number 100, and I'm excitedly awaiting that episode. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be doing a lot of different things within that episode, and I'm not going to get into all the details of what we'll be talking about in that episode, but you're going to enjoy it. But we're also going to be doing a giveaway. We're going to be doing a giveaway, and we're going to be giving away, this time we're going to be giving away t-shirts, all right? So we're going to give away Sandy Creek Stirrings branded, whatever you want to call, t-shirts. And um, let me tell you about them real quick. They're going to be white t-shirts. And on the front, they're going to have our Sandy Creek Stirrings logo. So if you go up to the top of our website, when you go to the website, sandycreekstirrings.com, and you see that little box, it has Sandy Creek at the top and then a big stirrings under it. And then right below that, you'll see with Joshua Jimenez. And so that's going to be on the front. The only change is going to be that part that says with Joshua Jimenez, I don't think you want that on your T-shirt. So what we're going to put on that T-shirt instead is under that, we're going to extend it, make the words a little bit bigger, and it's going to say, keep looking up and keep stirred up, kind of our catchphrase around here. And if you're interested in seeing what that T-shirt looks like, if you go to our Facebook page, Sandy Creek Stirrings, go to the Facebook page, you can see a picture of what that T-shirt is going to look like. Now, we're going to give away three of those t-shirts and you say well how do I get one of the three t-shirts how do I get that well you simply have to contact us with some information and here's what the information is I want you to answer um, what you like most about Sandy Creek Stirrings what do you like most about this podcast so send in your first name what do you like most about this podcast and um, we're going to have those filed up and ready to go for the 100th episode and so just simply put however you contact us and by the way we have three ways to contact us here at Sandy Creek Stirrings if you're an email person, all right, you can contact us by sending an email to Joshua at SandyCreekStirrings.com. Again, that's Joshua at SandyCreekStirrings.com. If you're a Facebook person, you do Messenger, you do comments, you do anything like that, you're a Facebook person, you can contact us through our Facebook page on Facebook, obviously, and um, just send us a message there to Sandy Creek Stirrings. Or if you're neither, you're like, you know, I'm not an email person, I'm not a Facebook person, 
but you know how to go on the internet. All you have to do is you go on to our website, sandycreekstrings.com, click the contact page, fill out the contact form, and those are the three ways you can get a hold of us. And simply put, what you like most about Sandy Creek Stirrings, and then your first name, and we'll have those ready to go for the 100th episode. Now, in order to be entered for the giveaway, okay, everybody's name who submits that is going to be put into a bowl or a hat or something we can draw out of. And so what we're going to do is we're going to draw out three names, and then what I'll do is I'll get a hold of you, whoever the winners are, and get your T-shirt size, and we'll get those T-shirts made and shipped off to you within a week or so of the time of the drawing. So here's what we're going to do, okay? So you need to go and you need to contact us somehow, uh, whichever one of the three ways you like. Simply send in what you like most about Sandy Creek Stirrings, and you need to submit that. To qualify for, listen closely, to qualify for that drawing, that giveaway, you're going to have to submit those, you're going to have to contact us by Wednesday, April 14th, all right? That's Wednesday, April 14th. If you want to be entered for the giveaway for Sandy Creek Stirrings and for those t-shirts, you're going to have to go and make sure you contact us by Wednesday, April 14th, all right? So at, you know, at uh, 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday the 14th, we are not taking any more... um, and enteries or whatever you want to call them. And uh, so that's when that'll be ended. So I'm really looking forward to the 100th episode. We'll be releasing a new intro as well for the show. And um, it's going to be relatively the same, same background track, but we're adding a couple things in. And so you'll want to be paying attention for that as well when we get to the 100th episode. So I wanted to inform you of those things. Excited about that. We have another episode coming up on Tuesday that I think you'll be interested in. And um, that episode is going to be entitled, um, well, I'm not sure what the title is going to be just yet, but it's going to be revolving around the subject of my top 10 favorite YouTube CDs. They're music CDs you can go and listen to on YouTube. You know, one of the things I find is, and I've had, uh, my wife has had people contact her through her blog asking, you know, what kind of music do you listen to? And uh, can you can you give me some links or something like that? And I thought, you know, that's a great that's a great way to help people who are maybe they're new into listening to good godly music. Maybe they're um, trying to turn their music collection around. Maybe they're just trying to find some new CDs. And so I'm going to give you 10 on Tuesday, 10 music CDs you can go to. You can listen to the entire CD on YouTube. They're going to be the right kind of music. They're going to follow the principles as stated in our our music series, that three-part series, The Truth About Music. Um, You can go back and listen to those episodes for more information on that, but that'll be featured on Tuesday. Looking forward to that episode. And then we have another episode coming up shortly after that. And I will have a co-host with me on that episode, and that'll be Pastor Patrick Jimenez, of course, my father, a a, a veteran church planner and now a pastor, and um, doing a great work here at my great church, Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church. He is just leading us well. And I'm going to have him come and and talk about the um, 10 mistakes that church planners should not make. And that's really going to be focused in on guys who are going into a pastorate, who are going into church planning. And here's a guy who's—he's been there— He's done that. What are some mistakes that you should not make? And so that will be coming up shortly thereafter. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming up here on Sandy Creek Stirrings, not counting today's episode. 
And so let's jump into that today. We've been talking about finances and truly that idea of building a practical or having practical and productive finances. And sometimes we can talk about finances in church and it's kind of just this um, just this kind of thing we don't really deep dive into and make very practical. And I want to do that today and I want to go past the tithe. And a lot of times when we're talking to Christians about their finances, we'll talk to them about the tithe and then we'll move on. And that's really not all that is involved in your finances. There's more to finances than just tithing. And we talked about last week in our in our um, first part, or I guess it would be this week, wouldn't it? We talked in our first part of practical and productive finances. We talked about the priority of giving, but also we mentioned Proverbs thirteen twenty two, which says, "A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of sinners is laid up for the just." And you and I, we want to be good people. Okay, we can't work our way to heaven. Let's establish that. We can't be good enough to go to heaven, but we want to be good because Jesus Christ was good. We're trying to be Christ-like, and God says, hey, if you want to be good, you're going to leave an inheritance to your children's children. And so we want to make sure that we learn to practice biblical principles within our finances, to practice biblical principles within our finances. Remember, we're just simply stewards of the money that God has entrusted to us to handle for Him by Him, through His methods, through the way that He wants us to handle our finances. And so that's very important. And for the basis of finances and for the priority of giving, uh, you can go back and listen to last week's episode, or last episode rather, on the first part of practical and productive finances. In the area of tithing, you can also go back. We have an episode entitled Tithing, Should Christians Tithe? And you can go back and listen to that for a more in-depth thing on tithing. Today we're going to, you know, now that we've talked about the basis for biblical finances, the fact that, you know, it's all God's, and we're just stewards, and we talked about stewardship on the last portion, um, and then we talked about giving. This week we're going to talk about, well, a couple things, but we're going to talk about saving. Okay, savings. If you want to leave an inheritance to your children's children, be a be a good man, according to Proverbs thirteen twenty two. Be a good lady, Proverbs thirteen twenty two. If you want to leave an inheritance, we have to learn to wisely save our money. We have to learn how to do that. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs twenty one twenty, it says there is treasure to be desired. Did you hear that? It says there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling. Of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Look at did you did you hear that verse? It says, "But a foolish man spendeth it up." Meaning, a wise person saves, and a fool spends everything he has. And so, from it's really from this verse we get the phrase, "A fool and his money are soon." Go ahead and finish it. Are parted. A fool and his money are soon parted. And so, it's important to understand, friend, that God wants you to save your money. Now, he just doesn't want you to just give and just save and do nothing else. There's some spending you'll need to do as well, and we'll talk about that as we go through the series. Um, But God wants you to save your money, to lay it aside for the days ahead. God gave this wisdom to Joseph, by the way. During the seven years of plenty, if you go back to the story of Joseph at the end of Genesis, uh, they were going to go through, remember, seven good years, and then they were going to go through seven years of famine. And God gave Joseph the wisdom to say, hey, if you want to make it through the seven years of famine, 
If you want to make it through, you're going to have to learn that in the times of plenty, that seven years of plenty where things are going great and you've got abundance and you've got extra and you're doing well, you need to learn to save for the difficult times ahead. And so it's important if they wanted to survive, they had to save. In the same in that same time, that look, there will be times that come where if you want to survive financially, because let me tell you, as a uh, as a as a Christian, there are going to be some times, most likely, unless you've already got a good handle on your finances and you've practiced these principles. But for most people out there, you're going to go through a time financially where it's survival mode. Um, you know, we need to get through. And being able to survive that financial trial is really going to be uh, allow you to come out of that better if you learn to practice this principle of savings, of setting some money aside. And so let's get into the practicality of that. I don't feel we need to dive much deeper with Bible verses to show you, hey, it's important that you save. I think Proverbs 21.20 in and of itself is enough proof of that. And if you want more more Bible verses, there's plenty more, and there's plenty more biblical examples like that of Joseph on saving. You go find them, and uh, so you go ahead and do that. But we're going to go ahead and dive into the practical side of savings today. And look, there's a couple specific savings um, accounts or funds or whatever you want to call them that you need to implement within your finances. And so let's get really, really practical and give you some of those today. Number one, in your savings, you are going to need an emergency fund, an emergency fund. And that's exactly what the title means. It's a fund that you build up for emergencies. And look, I can't tell you, I cannot tell you the amount of times that an emergency fund has saved me from a straining financial time. And you may say, well, wait a second, you know, um, you're supposed to trust God, not your finances, and I completely agree. And look, there's been plenty of times where um, I didn't have any finances, I didn't have any savings, and God rescued me. But by putting out an emergency fund, that's not you trust not trusting God. By me having an emergency fund, that doesn't mean you can look at me and say, well, you're not trusting God to provide for your financial situations. Um, no, I am. See, that's why I put it in the emergency fund, because it's a biblical principle, all right? We're taking the example of Joseph. Joseph knew this. Joseph, you know what he did for Pharaoh and the Egyptians? He built an emergency fund, and he saved an empire. You know what I am is I'm trusting God's process for finances. I'm trusting God's process for finances and trusting that if I handle the finances the right way, you know what, it'd probably be better than if I hadn't handled it the right way. In fact, I know it's better than if I didn't handle it the right way. And sometimes the reason we get ourselves into a financial bind and it seems like, well, what do I do? I guess I'm just going to have to put it on the credit card. And you say, well, why didn't God provide? I'll tell you why he didn't, because you didn't follow his financial principles. If you would have trusted his principles, you wouldn't have had that issue. And that may sound harsh to some, but that's the reality of the situation. And so I can't tell you the amount of times where an emergency fund has saved me um, from having a, a truly uh, survival mode type financial trial. Um, I've told the story before and on a previous episode, and I'm not going to dive into it today. I think it was in our first Q&A just a couple episodes ago, but I talked about how uh, Tabitha, my wife, and I, we, uh, we broke down for our anniversary, and we had a sizable bill to replace an AC compressor in our car. We ended up having to stay in a hotel overnight, you know, extra meals, taxi service. We had to uh, replace the radio, the radio fans, the compressor, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, a sizable bill for a little day trip that turned into a couple grand's, uh, a couple grand worth of work. 
And uh, that was a mess, but you know what? We made it through all right. We didn't have to go into debt for it. We didn't have to put it on a credit card. You know why? Because we had an emergency fund. Look, just a just a few, uh, a couple months ago, I um, we were having a third baby. Third baby was on the way, right around the corner. And uh, we drove a little Saturn, Ma- or Saturn, what did I get Saturn from? We drove a little Mazda 6 and, you know, a five-seater, you know, little family sedan. And um, we had two car seats in there already, and I went to put in a third car seat because I thought, you know, surely a third one will fit in that bench seat. And because people are telling me, you know, what are you going to do? I said, well, we're just going to drive this car. I mean, it's got 270,000 miles, and uh, but we're just going to keep driving it. And they're like, you know, a third car seat isn't going to fit. And I said, sure it will. Of course it will. And so finally I tested my theory, and they were right. It's not going to fit. And that's when I realized, you know what? We are going to need a different car before this baby gets here. And you know what? We went out, and we found a car. And we bought it. Cash. It came out of my emergency fund because it was an emergency. And uh, you know why I was able to do that, though? I didn't have to go into debt. I didn't have to get a car loan. I didn't have to put something on a credit card. I don't know if you really can do that anyway. And uh, But I bought a car cash. I re- did some repairs to it. Cash. That all came out of an emergency fund. You know, it could have been to where I could have sat there and you know told my wife, hey, there's, you know, God's going to have to provide one. And in the same sense, God did. God provided this car that we now drive that fits our family. You know why? He provided it through the wisdom of following his biblical financial principles. Okay? It's not, it's not not trusting God by following his principles. In fact, it is trusting God. And we were able to do it because of an emergency fund. Um, I remember this was ooh, two years ago, a year and a half ago. We were just starting to get a handle on our finances, and— um, we had a thousand dollars in emergency fund, and I was eating one day and had some pain on one of my teeth. And, uh, you know, I'm a guy, and number two, I don't like the dentist. And then number three, my dad was a dentist, so he tells you horror stories. So I don't like dentists, and uh, they're just evil doctors. And, um, you know, it, oh man, they're the, they're the doctors who they, they do open surgery, you know, because you open your mouth and then they're removing things, and they keep you awake for it. And that's just scary. And um, so, but um, I needed to get a um, something done to my tooth, and I needed to get it. I had a small little cavity, and they needed to fill it. And um, I was thinking, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we had an emergency fund. We paid for it cash. Point being, if you don't have an emergency fund for some of these situations, these are just everyday life situations, okay? Um, if you don't have an emergency fund, yeah, you're going to go into debt. Yeah, you're going to pull a personal loan. Yeah, you're going to put it on the credit card. Yeah, you're going to do whatever it takes to get it done. But wouldn't it be just so much better to follow God's principles of saving and setting some things aside for the difficult times ahead? And when that difficult time comes out, to not freak out and not say, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? You know, we'll have to apply for another credit card, and what are we going to do? And uh, we'll get a personal loan. Instead of doing that and taking a second mortgage out on your house, you can just pay for it cash out of your emergency fund. It's a wise thing to do. And so the emergency fund kept me from piling, you know, more and more on my credit card, which I was trying to get rid of. Um, and in turn, right, it frees up my finances. Um, because, you know, if I put something else on my credit card, interest payments are going to go up, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get into all of that today. And so each person's emergency fund is different, and it's based specifically on your situation. 
but there's some wise parameters to follow. I'll give you those real quick. Um, if you're focusing on paying off debt, if that's what you're working on, you're saying, you know, I'm going to pay off my debt, then what you really need is you need a smaller emergency fund to just give you a cushion to pay off, you know, pay off the debt as you go, but to give you a little bit of a cushion for a situation like I did where I had to have a cavity filled. It was a couple hundred bucks. You know, I could take that out of that $1,000 emergency fund. It's not going to handle a lot of your emergencies, your bigger things, but this is just to get you through until you can clear up some of that debt and put more money aside. And so it's recommended, you know, put $1,000 in your emergency fund enable, until you're able to clear up that debt and fully stock an emergency fund. And here's the deal. A fully funded emergency fund, according to some financial experts, should be in the area of around three to six months worth of expenses. Now, that sounds like a lot, like, wow, three to six months of expenses, that's a lot. Go back and think of Joseph. He had to set aside seven years' worth of expenses. And now the wheels are turning, and you're like, wow, that is a lot. Yeah, not, not seven years, but you need about three to six months of expenses. So you figure out, you know, what are your necessity expenses? If you have to go into survival mode, you know, you, you shut your cable TV off, you, you, you stop driving around so many places, you, you eat ramen noodles every day, and, um, you know, you go into survival mode, what do you need to survive off of? And that's what you should save, three to six months worth of expenses. And um, now... For those of you who enjoy the area of finances, you listen to different things on finances, you may be hearing a little bit of familiarity in the um, advice that I'm giving. And so, look, this is not necessarily my own um, advice. These are principles that I've put into my life that I've practiced because, number one, I believe they're biblical. Number two, I believe they're wise. But they're not necessarily mine. I didn't come up with them. If you have, um, if you know some things about the financial world, then you'll know that the advice that I'm giving is based off a lot of principles that are given by Dave Ramsey um, from the Dave Ramsey Show, who has hosted that show for, wow, a long time like since before I was born, I think. And um, but he's been doing this a really, really long time, helped millions and millions and millions of people get out of debt and become financial, financially stable to where they can give and live like no one else is kind of their catchphrase there. And so I'll leave a link for that show within the description of this podcast episode. But a lot of these principles are things that I'm getting from him that I've put into my own life. Look, if it was just like, you know, if I was just taking his information and giving it to you, it'd be pointless. But I can tell you this, I put it into my life, it works. And it works because it's biblically based, and it works because it's just logically wise. All right, it's not always, you know, going to make sense to a lot of the secular world, but it's biblical, and it's just logically wise. And so I'll leave a link for that show there in the description. And, uh, but, I, you know, I found it to be biblically based, wise, and they have greatly helped my wife and me in getting a control on our finances. Now, an emergency fund, is that a biblical idea? Absolutely. You know, Joseph set up an emergency fund um, during the famine um, or during the plenteous for the famine. So it's a wise thing to do. And if you have any questions on that, you can always send those questions in to sandycreeksturgings.com. Go to our contact page and you can send that in. So not only should you be saving for an emergency fund, but you should be saving once you have your emergency fund saved, you should save for retirement on top of that save for retirement. You say, you know, this is a lot of savings. You know, I don't have enough income to do all this. Well, you know, 
trying to live below your means, maybe free up some of your debt, get rid of some interest payments, pay off your house, do some things like that, and you'll be able to start saving for some of these things. Even if it's just a few bucks a, a week, it'll help you and be a blessing to you later on. And so once you've saved your emergency fund, it's wise to also be saving for retirement. And look, we often fail. We often fail by not saving for our retirement. And so don't have some, you know, macho attitude and say, I'll never retire. Because one day your body has different plans. One day it just won't work the way it used to. And your body will look at you and say, no, we're retiring today. And uh, so now be, to be clear, by retirement, I don't mean, you know, sit on the couch and do nothing with your life if you're capable, capable of still living and doing things. You know, retirement is really this time to change focus, to be involved in hobbies and activities, to pick up more time, especially as we're stirring up Christians to do something. You know, retirement is a time where you can really kick it in as far as doing a lot more ministry-wise at your local church and being a blessing in so many different avenues and other ventures. And so it's not this thing where you're just becoming a lazy bum, per se— as much as it is you're just shifting your focus because you're able to. And you'll be able to if you save for retirement. So that way when your body does slow down, when your body one day does wake up and slap you and say, hey, you can't do what you used to. It's time to slow down. Um, you, you won't have to continue to keep working 60 hours a week. You'll be able to slow things down and uh, because you saved for retirement. Look, let's just be frank, and I don't go super political on this podcast, but our Social Security system is going to give you barely enough to survive, if that. If that. And so when you get to that age, you're going to want to be able to be a giver. When you're 70, 80, 90, and you're you know in that retirement age bracket, you're going to want to be able to retire, but not just you know barely survive. You're going to want to be able to be a giver. To when there's a special project in your church as a Christian, you're going to want to be like, you're going to want to be able to say, yes, I would like to give to that. You know, I've got some money over here. I'm okay. I can pull some from here. You're only going to be able to do that if you've saved, if you're a saver, all right? You, you won't want to be also, by saving for retirement, it, it makes it so you're not a burden on your children financially when that time comes to retire. Now, look, if, if, um, if your parent retired and they're they're living with you and you know it's put a little bit more on your financial plate, I um that's incred that's great. Here's the reason why. That's your that's what you're supposed to do biblically. You're supposed to take care of your parents. We take care of our parents when they get older and they can no longer do the things they used to. That's our responsibility. But let me tell you something, as I'm preparing for my future, my goal is to make it so that I've saved for retirement. So if that ever comes to a situation to where I have to go live with my daughters, you know, which one? I've got three of them. And uh, I have to go live with one of them. I don't want it to be a burden on them financially. I want it to be, you know, hey, I've got money. Can I, can you, can I live with you so you can take care of me? That sounds interesting. I'm only 24 and I'm talking about this. And, uh, but, you know, can, hey, can I at least live with you? I've got the money. Um, I can help pay for groceries. I can pay rent. I can do these things. And so that way it's not a burden on you financially. So instead of being a burden, if you save for retirement, you can actually be a blessing in a lot of different ways, not just in regards to your children, but to your church as well. So be saving an emergency fund. After that, you need to be saving for retirement. After that, you need to be saving for an inheritance. And look, we've already quoted Proverbs 13.22 a few times. The Bible says in Proverbs that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So in order to do that, you need to be saving for that inheritance. 
Now, there's a lot of ways that you can build an inheritance for your children. One way is by, you know, having your home and then working hard to pay off your home. So that way, when you pass away, your parent, your parents, your children can um, take take that house and they can do whatever they need to with it. But if they need to sell it, they can liquidate the assets, you know, and, and make it to where it's cash. And they don't have to pay off anything on it because it's a paid off house. It's like cash sitting on a piece of land. And so there's that way of saving for an inheritance. But another way is just through simple, safe investments and through avenues such as a, a Roth IRA. And so the idea of investing, it's a different topic for a different time. We're not going to go all through investing, but the important thing is going to be setting up ways for an inheritance to be given to your children. And so that's very important. So learn to clear up your debt and be saving. So when that time does come, and by the way, none of us know when our time is going to be, um, it's important that there is an inheritance left for your children. And so two things on that thing of leaving an inheritance. Don't be foolish. Have a will. Have a will. Get a will and dictate exactly how things are supposed to work out. Get a good attorney to help you in that area um, on end-of-life planning, and uh, it will be a blessing to your family. If you don't have a will, it will be more of a burden than a blessing. So have a will. Hey, I'm only 24. I have a written will. I have a will for how things are supposed to play out if I were to pass on. Uh, my wife has a written will for how things are supposed to go if she passes on. It's very important. And you say, well, that's kind of foolish. You're 24. No, it's making sure that no matter who um, my, you know, my net worth, which is nothing, is um, left to, how that's going to be handled. And so also, also, the life insurance Life insurance is a good way to leave money to your loved ones, all right, when you do pass on. Unless you have a lot of net worth, you're a billionaire, you're a millionaire, and uh, no worries there. But, you know, otherwise, I believe, this is me, this is an opinion, um, so you can disagree, whatever you like, it really doesn't matter. But I, le I believe that every man should have life insurance so that his wife and kids can pay for his funeral and continue to live for a while after his death. Look, nobody knows. Nobody knows. We already mentioned this. Nobody knows when their time is. You don't know. You can't tell me. But it's important to be prepared for that time. Look, I could die tomorrow. I, I could pull out of the parking lot of the church I'm recording at right now, get into a car wreck and die, and this would be the last you hear of me. But you know what? My wife, who is a stay-at-home mom, she works just as hard as anybody on this planet taking care of that home and taking care of my three girls and working hard every day. She works a full-time job. She works harder than I do. and um, But she's a stay-at-home mom. She hasn't worked outside of the home. She hasn't held down a secular job before. And so if I were to pass away just in an instant, just gone, um, that's a difficult time, not only just emotionally, but that's a difficult time. What is she going to do? And I don't want her to have to scramble the next day and figure out, you know, can I go get a part-time job at Walmart or can I get a full-time job here? What can I do? How can I provide? Um, so I have life insurance. So that way she can pay for the funeral because I don't want her to go in debt to put me in a casket to put me in the ground that she'll never see again. Um, I want to be, you know, her to be able to pay for a funeral. I want her to be able to live for a while and not have to worry about things and to, you know, uh, take some of that money and save it and, and put it aside for difficult times. I want that. And so I have life insurance. And I think it's really important that men especially 
that you do that for your families, especially if you have a wife who is a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home wife. It's very important. Get some life insurance. Look, if you're young, it's not expensive, and it's worth every penny you're going to spend on it if something were to happen. And so you want to make sure you have that in your back pocket and ready to go. And so the question some of you may be wondering is, you know, how do you save when finances are tight? How do you do that? Like my finances are so tight, I can't save anything. What do I do? And so let me encourage you to go back and listen to our first Q&A, which is episode number 95. We answer a question on there on how to live below your means. That's going to be the key to saving. If you learn to live below your means, that's going to enable you to be able to save for an emergency fund and then retirement and then an inheritance and and other types of savings. There may be other things you want to save for, put the savings into. Maybe you want to save for a college fund for your kid or your, or your grandkids or something like that. There's plenty of different types of savings, but I just gave you three basic ones today. But how do you save when times are tight? Go back and listen to, if you haven't already, our first Q&A episode number 95 and listen to that segment. If you go into the show notes description of that episode, it tells you when each question is answered, what time you need to go to, um, what you know, what where you need to put that little dot to listen, and it'll tell you when that question is answered on how to live below your means. Just quickly, very simply, eliminate your debt, which, by the way, eliminates extra payments, which frees up your income. And so that can help you to clear up your monthly expenses, freeze up your income, and then you learn to save money in other areas to be able to put it into savings. So you can cut down the grocery bill. You can get it, you know, maybe try seeing if you can get cheaper auto insurance. Maybe cut down your phone bill. Maybe you don't need unlimited gigabytes of data. Maybe you could save 20 or 30 bucks a month by going down to, you know, five gigabytes of data. So there's little ways that you can pull on that budget, move things around to enable you to be able to save. And so that's today's portion of finances, of practical and productive finances. So we've talked about being a steward. We've talked about giving. We've talked about savings. I think you're really going to enjoy next time, which I'm not sure when that's going to be, but you're going to enjoy part three when we talk about spending. Let's be honest. Who doesn't like to spend money? And um, in some regards, you may be like, no, I'm a penny pincher. I do not like to spend money. And maybe you're, maybe that's true. But in some regards, I guarantee you, there's something you like to spend money on. Maybe it's food. Uh, maybe it's eating out. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's just spending on others. Maybe it's um, whatever it may be. We're going to talk about spending and how to put wise habits for spending, how to control your spending. We're going to put that all into part three of practical and productive finances. So make sure to be watching out for that episode. Now, don't forget, as we leave today, go to either the website, sandycreeksterrings.com, go to the contact page. You can email us at joshua at sandycreeksterrings.com or go to our Facebook page and send us what do you like most about Sandy Creek Stirrings. Send us your first name and you'll be entered for that drawing for those t-shirts for that 100th episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Oh, I'm so excited. Listen, friend, until then, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ. <laughs>